You are listening to Her House, a candid conversation about real estate, finance, and other confusing millennial topics with your hosts, Haley Lenz and Chrissy Heller. Enjoy the show. I have to say, like, I really feel like I am getting a master's degree in audiovisual engineering every week we do this like last week for some reason my mic wasn't working and so I know you're really <laughs> you're really taking it over which is great I'm like fingers crossed now we have the headphones and we can hear ourselves so we have the headphones we like sound better and we look more official yeah I know we're like real podcasters how many five six episodes in I can't believe this is already gonna be our sixth episode I know I mean I actually feel like it feels like more this is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's funny because I feel like the first couple of weeks were super exciting and like, you know, it was just a lot of fun. And now, I mean, it's still a lot of fun, but I'm realizing it's a lot of production time and getting guests is, it's a lot to like do the whole thing when you also have a full-time job and kids. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I always, I, I'm so happy we're doing this, but I always over, this is like a classic me. Like I just over, I'm like, yep, I want to do that. I want to do that. And I just I just overbook myself and then I get overwhelmed and it's just a vicious cycle and then I don't do anything and then I get bored, but I am excited for doing this. It is, once we get going, it's fun. It's just hard fitting it in our schedule. Yeah. I think we need to get like a reserve. We we just got to get better at like reserving a time every week to do it. And for sure. I think we did it one week. We were like, yeah, Monday's our day. Yeah. And then we didn't. (laughs) And then we didn't do it. But Whoops. we'll get better. It's continuing yes. to get better. So thanks everybody that is still listening to us six episodes in. We really appreciate you. If it was not for you, well, we'd probably still be doing this because <laughs> Yeah, because you know we don't really mind if no one listens, but we hope that you do listen. We really hope that we do. And you know what? There's one girl particularly that's listening that's our number one fan. And we just gotta shout her out because she's always giving us input and stuff. And thank you. You know who you are. Yes, you know who you are. You text us every Wednesday morning because you listen on your walk. So thank you for listening. Tuesday morning. We usually we come out on Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Yeah, and then on Wednesday. Oh, mornings. oh, I thought she's usually she's on it. Yeah. So anyway, um, I wanted to talk to you today about the real estate market. Yes. So I know we had kind of a market update a few weeks ago, but I, it just seems like things are changing so quickly right now. And maybe you don't feel the same way, but I feel this, I feel a certain way. Like I look at the number of listings and those that are active and I do track it just for our zip code every week and they've been significantly going up. So like the amount of active listings on average is basically 20 listings higher than it was two months ago. Mm-hmm. And the total number is higher. And the number that is active is higher too. So I'm just curious, like, what are you seeing in the market today? I mean, I'm definitely seeing more creativity in terms of what offers are being presented. I feel like a few weeks ago, everyone just kind of was stalling. So you would have a good showing and buyers really weren't putting in the offer. I'm finally starting to see buyers go, okay, I'm going to make an offer. It's going to be a long shot but I'm going to make it. And we're seeing those offers get accepted because sellers are understanding, Hey, the market's a little bit tougher than it used to be. So maybe we do need to consider a contingency, um, or some more creative terms that we might not have thought to consider before. So I, I'm excited to see that buyers 
me not a ton, but they are starting to be like, you know what? I'm just gonna throw an offer out there. Um, I'm having some buyers circle back around because I think they're interested um, on listings, but they were like, we're not gonna make a lower offer because buyers still almost had it in their head that they had to pay a full price. So I think we're gonna start seeing buyers be like, okay, let me just throw something in, which will help the market move a little bit rather than this kind of pattern of prices really aren't dropping, but also buyers aren't really buying. So it's tricky. Yeah. Well, and it looks like interest rates just continue to go up because of uncertainty going forward. Um, I know we got a, a jobs report, I think a couple of weeks ago. I think that kind of did some damage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I had someone ask me the other day, they were like, are we, are the buyers right now just cash buyers? And I actually don't, that's not true. There is a good group of buyers that are just so confident that rates are going to go down next year. Um, so there's definitely a ton of hesitancy. Um, I'm also seeing, and I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, but there's so many parents that are out there looking for their kids right now. And so they're, because they're like, well, we'll, you know, if, some people are in a lucky situation where their parents can finance for them. And so we're seeing, I'm seeing more of that than ever. How does that work if a parent does the deal for their child? Like, does it work like a gift or do they own the house? Or is it, give me like an example situation. So in this situation, it would be basically to the seller, it would look like they're paying cash. Mm -hmm. And then just on the side, the parents and the kids are making a deal, like a mortgage payment or something mm -hmm. like that. But to the seller, it's basically cash. Um, but I was talking with a lender and he was saying that gift money is up higher than ever. So basically for down payments, the gift money is so, um, I think he said it was up like 25%. So basically people are, asking, you know, parents or grandparents or anyone that they know that has a down payment to gift them the money. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because they need more money for that. Um, then they feel like they have a little bit more cushion for those higher payments. Yeah. So when you do a gift for a down payment, I'm probably now getting into questions that you're going to be like, Haley, why are you asking me this? <laughs> but is that the same gift exemption as if you're like gifting somebody cash like from a tax perspective I think this year's gift exemption is like $17,000 is it the, is that all like one bucket or is this separate for down payment assistance I think I don't know I think it's different um but I really don't know okay yeah I know I figured that was a question <laughs> and there is like a limit to it because I remember when Joey and I were buying our house I was a 1099 employee and for your income, at least this was when we bought like five or six years ago, your 1099 income doesn't count unless you've been doing it for two years. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I was in a salary position, so I'd only been 1099 for about a year. So it was so frustrating because none of my income counted. Um, so basically, I had to gift Joey money to participate in my, mm -hmm. like my funds helping buy the house. So I know that there are restrictions. I'm just not sure. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Who are you seeing as like the typical buyer profile right now? And obviously this is very specific to generally our zip code slash, you know, where you work, which is primarily, you know, Arcadia and Phoenix. But like, who are you seeing buying houses today? So it's a ton of empty nesters. Um, I would say that's the biggest um, buyer pool right now. So 
a lot of people are downsizing um, and there, a lot of them are cash buyers. So this interest rate thing doesn't affect them too much. So I would say that's the biggest buyer pool. And then we are just seeing families, usually growing families that just have to, they have to buy because mm -hmm. they're just growing out of their house. Um, and then still seeing a significant amount of high net worth people moving from out of state to Arizona. Um, and those people are the ones that really just, it's so different going, taking a buyer out that lives currently in Phoenix versus one that's coming here. The conversations are completely different because our value here is still really good comparatively to like Portland or California, Chicago, where we're seeing a ton of people come from. So the conversations are just very different. You just don't hear people saying the same amount of, the, the same kind of thing. What are they? What are, what is somebody from out of state saying? Like, what is that conversation? They're just not um, caring as much. So they're not like, I feel like some people, they'll go to Arcadia and they'll be like, I can't believe this house would have been 800,000, you know, five years ago. It's like the main thing. And I'm just not, I'm just not seeing like people don't say they're like, they just are like, okay, this is the price and they're happy with it. And yeah. I'm trying to find, I can't find it right now, but I was in a meeting and it was talking about like affordability and Phoenix, our housing has gone up, but we're still so affordable compared to these other cities. Um, so in other like aspects, so I still think, that's why I'm not convinced prices are going to go down. Yeah, your days on market might be longer, but I just don't think these out-of-state buyers are going to be complaining about prices. Yeah, I, I mean, that was kind of my experience when I moved here from California. Like, I moved from a condo in L.A. to a four-bedroom house. I mean, the condo that I lived in was probably like a luxury condo, I guess you could say, right? Like, it was really nice. Oh, for sure. And the house that I moved into was, you know, built in 1960, so it was a little bit different, but... I'm just like, wait a second. I can literally get a four-bedroom house with a backyard for half the price. Mm -hmm. But now that four-bedroom house, you know, with the backyard is much closer in value to that condo in LA. Like I look still back at like properties from my apartment building that, um, you know, are on the market or closed and they haven't gone up a ton in value since I sold, which is surprising. Um, but the, the big difference is just like, it's still 25% lower to live here. So of course, anybody from out of state is going to be like, wow, this is an amazing deal. But anybody that's now lived here for four or five years, you look at properties from 2019 and you're like, why is this double the price? You know, mm -hmm. that's not even typical. Like if you look at the stock market and you invest in the stock market, generally you'll see like an on average seven, eight percent return long term. And there's this rule of 72 basically where you take like your your rate in terms of like the, the the rate that you're compounding and divide by 72 and that'll tell you like how many years it'll take to double your money and so in the stock market it's usually like seven eight years so like four years in a real estate market is wild to get prices to where they're at today but i've seen them i have seen them soften a lot just when i look on zillow like there are some houses that may have sold and really only if you bought in 2022 if you bought in 2022 i feel like you're kind of screwed like there's a lot of houses that were purchased in 2022 that are sitting on the market for less than what they sold for last time around like there's a house i think a little little down the street from us 
that sold for like 1.75, I want to say, 2022. Yeah. And it's like right now, it's been sitting for like 60 days and it's like 1.65 or something. Well, yeah, I feel like, I mean, if you in any market, like it's unusual to sell your house a year later and make money. Like, because yeah. even by the time you pay your closing costs and all of that, um, but yeah, like we just, we have a property under contract with a contingent offer. And I feel really bad for these people because they bought in North Phoenix and she, they, they didn't, they, I think they were moving here from Chicago or something. They had no idea what the, you know, where they'd want to live mm-hmm. and they landed in North Phoenix. And now they're like, shoot, we don't want to be up here. We want to be like closer to the city and closer, more centrally located so they're like, we're going to list our house at this number. And we're like, you can't. If you want us to accept this contingency, like, unfortunately, you're going to have to list it for lower than what you bought it for because you you have some urgency. Like, if we're going to wait for you to sell your house, to sell this one, you need to be priced competitively. And unfortunately, you lost on this. And so I agree with you. I think prices have, they, they will potentially often and it is happening we're seeing a lot more like agent bonuses that's a huge thing seller concession so it's definitely going to happen but I just think long term like I would not be worrying if you bought like I think things are I don't think we're going to see a big drop yeah okay one of our friends is selling their house and they had mentioned to me that they wouldn't want to take a contingent offer like contingent on selling the the person that is offering that person's house. I, I said that in a really weird way. So the person that is looking to Should purchase Should we explain the house, what a contingency yes, is? Yes, that's a great idea. So a contingency, there's many contingencies in a contract and it's basically an out. So it's basically like, I'm buying this house, but if this happens during the escrow, I will cancel. An inspection contingency is a big one. If, you're, if you inspect the house and something goes wrong, you can cancel, get all your money back. So a buyer contingency is that the one we're talking about would be it's contingent upon the another house selling. So basically you're just kind of stacking them. Your house will sell if that other house sells. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't somebody in this market want to take that? Do they feel like there's just too much risk that that other person's house will not sell? Is that typical? Yes. So I, the reason we just accepted a contingent offer is because the we have a very similar model coming up next door. So we were like, okay, we're not really going to waste much time while we wait for this other house to sell. We have the same product to sell. However, for like our friend's house, if that other house isn't under contract, I wouldn't recommend taking that either. Because once you accept that contingent offer, your status on the MLS changes to contingent. And so many people just write that off. You should absolutely not be writing off that status right now. You should be showing those homes because you, as a seller, you can cancel on the buyer if you get another contract. That buyer has three days to remove their contingency. Um, however, most people just don't look at houses when they're under mm-hmm. that status. So then you're basically sitting in a market where things really are not making sense. Stuff is selling, stuff is not. So it's, it's if you have no rush, you could consider it. If you're getting a premium price wise, would be my recommendation. If not, I would just say if you're serious, list your house and 
And you have to run comps on it. You have to see, you know, where it's located, what they're pricing it at. Um, but in general, I would say accepting a contingency when that other house isn't under contract is scary. If it is under contract, that's a totally different story. I would say do it definitely in this market. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, what are you seeing? Because obviously I think, you know, one, I'm interested in you know getting a new house for myself because my house is starting to feel real cramped now that I've got a child with a million toys everywhere. And I've realized the layout is not super ideal for a kid just because it is one big open room so she can kind of get into everything. Whereas I'd almost like want to have a little bit of a closed off space that is her area. Anyway, I digress. But so obviously I'm looking for myself right now, but I'm also an investor. So what are you seeing in the investor market? Are investors pulling back or are they still buying? Because I look at like, you know, what it would look like to purchase an investment property and the cash flow is just not there right now from my perspective. Correct. Um, I would say there are investors that are, that are still out there and they are like, maybe, you know, they're going to keep them and hold them and then they believe that you know, prices are still going to go up. I think investors have come back a little bit. Um, I think specs in Arcadia in particular are, you know, are still selling. I'm sure, um, you know, I think if they have too much out there, they're pulling back. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of, you know, you can tell, you know, which ones have more stuff out there and maybe you have a little bit more bargaining room, but I mean, we work with a developer and he's set up well and we're like, you just need to be patient, you know? The second, you know, we watch the market very closely and right now we're not, we're not seeing that we're going to get that huge drop in our opinion. So we're like, just hold tight. If things start getting sketchier, yeah, we might have to drop and go quickly. But I think right now, um, I'm sh they're pulling back, but like I have a meeting tomorrow with a developer who's like, yeah, I want to get in the game. So there's, you know, still people that don't think prices are going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, I think from development, that's, that's certainly one thing because you're, you're basically getting in to get out. Are you seeing like rental property investors pull back? I don't know if you've worked with a ton in the past besides me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we definitely, I mean, I, I've worked with a few. Um, I know rentals are, it depends again on the house. I think furnished, I think I mentioned this furnished rentals are going quickly. Um, we just, um, you're not getting the premium prices though. I don't think, mm -hmm. um, like we just listed one in Arcadia, um, a furnished rental and we're not, we kind of push price. We're like, let's see. And we're not really getting calls. So I think you have just like anything right now, you have to be priced reasonably, um, to get the calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as you know, I have a rental property, yes. my baby, um, my, my your first, first baby. Property, and also just like the, it, it's the best property just in terms of like, it's appreciated tremendously, but it's also the worst in the fact that I always seem to just get like the worst tenants in there. Was the one before this one back? Yeah, that was the one to remember I had to evict her because she couldn't pay her rent. Oh, and that was yes. sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was a really, it was a really tough situation. Um, I basically let her live rent free for a month. So that was, yeah, that was Nice very nice of you. <laughs> like, yeah. So anyway, as a, as a rental property investor, it's an interesting time. So one, I've got this rental property and I've had the same tenants for a little over three and a half years. So it's been great. I've been able to build up like my cash reserves. Basically what that means is, 
Um, you know, any money you make after mortgage, tax, insurance, property manager, repair, um, and like vacancy expense, that's your cash flow. And so I've been doing really well just in terms of cash flowing each month and then also just saving up some reserves in case something happens because you always want to make sure if you have a rental property, something will always go wrong and you will always need to have reserves. So either you've got to evict a tenant and maybe you'll be vacant for a month or the water heater goes out. Anyway, I made a really stupid mistake back in May when I was in Europe thinking, ooh, my cash reserve is great right now. <laughs> like I've got so much money in there, you know, it's, it's awesome. And I've been saving up that cash reserve basically for the last three and a half years since I've had these tenants. Anyway, so I decide, okay, I'm going to buy myself a YSL purse with my rent money for this month. This is a great idea. I've got so much cash reserve, it doesn't matter. I don't need this rent money. Guess what happens the next month? The air conditioner goes out, have to replace the air conditioner, spend my entire cash reserve fund on the AC because I have to fully replace it. Then what happens is that the person that came to install the new AC had made a comment to my property manager, hey, you might wanna go over there. It looks a little sketchy. So she lets me know, she says, okay, I'm gonna go do a health check on this day and I'll send you photos after. She sends me the photos and I'm like, this is filthy. I mean, they had drawn like profanities on the walls. I mean, this was a family that was living there and I, I just couldn't believe like the level that it was at. They had a guinea pig that was not <laughs> permitted to be there. I mean, it was just trash. So she said, Hey, look, let's, you know, they're, they're on a month to month lease at this time. Let's see if they'll move. And when she went to say she was doing the health check, what were they like? No, or were they pretty open to her doing that? Like, I wonder if they realized how gross they were living or... I don't really know. And I, so, like, I don't really, this is, I would also recommend if you can swing it cash flow wise, always get a property manager because I self-managed for the first tenant that I had. And it was just a lot, it was a lot of anxiety because something would go wrong and, you know, she'd text me about it. And I also didn't want to be mean. Like when she couldn't pay her rent, I had a really hard time evicting her because I didn't want to be mean. I literally made my mom go and serve the eviction papers <laughs> because I was so scared too. So I realized after that experience, like, hey, it's going to eat into my cash flow, but I'm going to get a property manager because I literally have so much peace of mind. So anyway, I have no idea how that conversation went down about the health check. I just kind of was like, okay, she sent me the photos after she said, you know, we should probably see, you know, if they'd like to move anyway. So we told them that that would be their last month on the, um, since they didn't have a, a, a lease, they were just month to month, that would be their last month. And then they ended up on the day that they were supposed to move out. My property manager goes over there. They're still there, haven't moved up anything or packed up anything. They say, sorry, we haven't found a place to live. Now, mind you, my property is, there's only four properties in our entire zip code for rent right now that are around the same price point for the same like size, bedrooms, everything. So I can understand it's going to be hard for them to find something, you know, somewhere else to live. Anyway, so they stay for another month and then finally move out. They move out. My property manager texts me. She goes, hey, do you know the door code? Because we didn't get the keys back from them. Great. Well, that's going to be wonderful. So it took like three days to get the keys back. Me meanwhile, I'm not making any money at this point. Right. And I spent all my cash reserves. On the <laughs> Do not follow my advice. Um, and so it takes like three or four days to get in. They finally get in, they send photos and I am like, what? Anyway, these people just, I could not believe the level of 
filth that they left it in. My last tenant that did get evicted, like she had the place like spick and span. It smelled a little bit. The carpets need to be cleaned, but that was it when she left. Like these people left the house. It was so filthy. They had like fly traps hanging from all of like from the roof, just collecting flies. I like what? Disgusting. Like, how, how does anybody live like that? I looked at the fan and it had so much dust on it. Like it seemed as though they had never cleaned the house. Oh, and they left tons and tons and tons of trash everywhere too. So anyway, I've already spent all my CapEx funds <laughs> to uh, buy, the, buy the AC. Um, obviously the St. Laurent bag at this point is kind of like, you know, it's a sunk cost and <laughs> the cost to repair is actually going to be pretty significant just because we need new paint because they had destroyed all of the walls. We need new carpeting. We need to have a cleaning crew come in. We need new blinds. Like it's, I mean, it's basically a full gut job. Now I know when those people have houses that are for sale, like wholesalers and basically a wholesaler is somebody that drives around town and will try to find somebody that wants to sell their property and usually it's like a distressed property i now know i'm like oh my house is now a distressed property this is <laughs> this is bad anyway i go over there and i'm scared to walk in it is it is just a sight so anyway note to self like being a landlord is great i think there's a ton of benefits um you know, one from like a tax perspective, two from like appreciation with the houses that you purchase, and then obviously the cash flow. Like I, in the past year and a half or so, I've been using the cash flow basically to fund my daughter's future college account. So like those are all wonderful things that have happened, right? But then like there's also these things that you start to you have to deal with regardless, and they happen often, right? Like they don't happen in every property. I think the price point that I'm in kind of leads to that like the other properties that I own have never had any issues like this I still think that's wild like I know your place is like affordable for the area but like almost two thousand dollars in rent like that's not a small amount of money still no and I just I think it's wild it makes me sad for those kids that they were living in that environment yeah I mean oh yeah it's it's super tough but anyway at least they got them a guinea pig (laughs) (laughs) They were probably like, I want to get anything. And they were like, sure, places aren't here. Yeah, I mean, they also left a little play kitchen out front if you want it for uh, your kids. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, I think all all that's going to the dump. Anyway, so we're getting someone in there. We're going to do repairs. We're going to repaint. We're going to make it look great. But basically, at this point, I'll have been out a month of rent until we can get it rented. Plus, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars just in terms of, like, repairs and cleaning. So I think, like, moral of the story, if you are a landlord... Just make sure, one, you have your CapEx expense, right, your, your fund, but also just know that things always pop up when you least expect it. And that is just Murphy's Law, right? Like, it's like, whatever can go on, I mean, will go wrong. I think it just goes with, like, home ownership in general. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when we got this house, like, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, all the things that you have to pay for, like, just when we were on vacation this past week, the you know, pest control person calls and they're like, oh, we saw a rodent like in your backyard. And I'm like, ah, I thought it was like in our house. I'm freaking out. But they're like, oh, no big deal. $200 will set the trap. And I'm like, of course, yes. And then I'm just like, this is so annoying. Like we're on vacation. And like, that was like, you know, our afternoon Mm -hmm. we just spent on a rodent trap. Yeah. Well, again, like why you should never self-manage your properties in my opinion, because 
people always talk about the dreaded like 2 a.m. my toilet's leaking but it's not that it's just like there's always inconveniences and so it's so nice to have somebody else manage that for you and to me I am a very like high anxiety person and it's one thing that just totally takes away my anxiety I don't need to worry about it like I just get a check every month in the mail and that's it like I basically forego everything right now I feel like I'm very involved in uh, fixing things up to get it re-rented um but like I said, I think obviously this is an unfortunate situation, but it's also not deterring me because like the place at the end of the day has cash flowed really well and it has appreciated significantly since I purchased it. So I'm coming on about five years since I purchased it and it's basically like almost doubled in value. Right. And that's interesting because I feel like we're expecting that area to eventually pick up, but it hasn't yet. And yeah. so it's like once that area even does like a little bit more of a turn too, I can't imagine what it will do. Yeah. So anyway, the fun, exciting things of being a landlord. <laughs> yeah. So fun. So fun. How was like sales software wise, like in your job? Like, are you noticing like, is that slower with the market? Um, I mean, it. Like what we sell is just, there's not really a market. So it's not like real estate or even like cyclical industries. It's just very like kind of like static across okay. year over year, pretty much. Yeah, gotcha. There's not like big peaks or valleys or anything like that. Are you seeing like hiring or is there is it like, no, it's just kind of steady. If someone leaves, they hire, but nothing else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got so, it. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I know um, there was a lot of articles recently about one, like, tech company layoffs, I think, it just in the last year, and then also, like, companies asking people to go back in the office. And we talked about that, yeah, too. Dude. Just, like, is that going to change the market for real estate, right? Like, if, you know, there's layoffs mm -hmm. and, you know, unemployment goes up, or if people get called back into their offices and they're not where they currently live, like, what does that do? And I don't really think it's made much of an impact, at least at this point. And like I yeah. said, I got a great jobs report a few weeks ago, which I hiked up those uh, interest rates mm -hmm. quite a bit. Yeah, that was lovely. Lovely. So um, it's even funny, like the house we had gone to look at, what was that, just three, four weeks ago, I was doing like the mortgage calculator. For, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I had created a spreadsheet. I was thinking about maybe putting an offer in on this house and then I just kind of freaked out and I was like, oh, not the one. And... I had done a spreadsheet with the current mortgage rates when I did that. And then I looked again this past weekend based on the current rates again. And that would be $500 more per month just in three weeks. That is insane. Yeah. So, and like, I mean, $500 more per month. It was on a, you know, the, the level of house, obviously, you know, is a higher end level. Um, but $500 more per month in three weeks is a really ridiculous number to think about. Oh my gosh. I mean, that is wild. I mean, I always like think of like that money and this is probably not like, but I'm just like, okay, like you have to pay your mortgage every month. So like that extra $500, like to me, I always think $500 a dinner at state 44, right? Like that's what I think. And I'm like, oh my gosh, for that, we could like have an extra dinner at state 44 every month. Like that's a lot of money. Like that's an extra whole date night, you know? And 
it's an expensive date night, but I guess well, it is an expensive Well, you have to think about, like, the babysitter, like, everything. You just, like, add it up. I don't know how much things cost. I don't pay the, I don't pay the bills when we go out. I know how, what, like, other things cost, but, like, I don't. I asked Joey. I was like, I feel bad I, like, never pay a check. Obviously, it's, like, combined money, but, like, I'm never grabbing for the check. I hate doing that. I'm like, does that bother you that I just, like, never pay? He's like, I mean, it doesn't, but. No, you're in your feminine energy. You're being the girl. Yeah, I just like, yeah, I like it. Although sometimes I get mad because I'm like, thanks for dinner. And then I'm like, well, I paid for half of that dinner. He's like, I know, I didn't ask you to say thank you. And I'm like, well, you know, I just feel like that's like manners. But at the same time, I'm like, maybe I paid for that one. I had to deal clothes. Like, maybe that dinner wasn't me. <laughs> so maybe, Joey, you should be saying thanks for dinner. Yeah, like, like maybe on occasion, just like, hey, thanks for dinner. No, he does say thank you. <laughs> it was cool, though. We were just like in Tahoe. You were in Tahoe. I was in Tahoe. And it was like a weird, because don't you ever feel like so young still? Like sometimes you probably, like I look at my kids and I'm like, whoa, like you live in my house. Like if we go out, I'm paying for you. Like, whoa. And it was kind of a cool moment when we were like on vacation. It was our first like solo family vacation at like a hotel. We weren't visiting friends or family or anything. And I was like, this is so, it like gives you like, the like urge to really want to grind because I'm like, wow, this is cool. Like Joey and I brought our kids here. We did this trip. And so it just makes you want to like, we got back and we were both like, yeah, let's do this. Cause it's just cool to be able to take them to do those things. Mm-hmm. And um, like, it doesn't matter if it's like a big or a small trip. It's just like, oh my gosh, like we did that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I always feel very motivated during and after vacations. During, I just start like thinking of ideas and I saw something on TikTok, of course, because that's where I get all my information mm-hmm. these days. But I saw something on TikTok that basically was talking about, like, that's it's, it's a true phenomenon that when you're on vacation and your mind can rest from your day-to-day, you actually think of, like, your best creative ideas and you actually get, like, really motivated to go grind because you want to be able to do this more. And they were talking about how you shouldn't take, like, a long vacation. It's like you should take, like... Isn't it like six days or something? Yeah, like eight days. Yeah. Like take more shorter vacations. Don't take like an extended vacation because that actually is what keeps you then motivated to go on like every day. Right. And I like that because I feel like after a certain amount of time, you do miss home. But it just, yeah, I just was having a real moment because I was like, we were having such a good time on the trip, but then we got home and I was like, I love our house and I love, you know, being here with my family. It was just like a cool, like proud kind of moment where I was like okay we're building this life that like I think younger Chrissy would have been like really proud of Mm -hmm. yeah it's also interesting too now that we have kids like I want them to have as much fun as I had as a kid Mm -hmm. I feel like I had like the best childhood ever and then now some sort of think why the heck did I want to become an adult so bad when I was a child because that was the best I know no, I to, trust me, I know. But yeah, you want to give like you just always think you want to like give them more than what you had, which like yeah, I feel like we both had great childhoods. So it's just it's just I don't know, fun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I should probably you know should we close it out? Yeah. Till this podcast starts making us money. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get back to work. Maybe after episode ten, we'll get some ads going. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Next week. Have a good day.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Her House. Please be sure to rate and subscribe.